The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. stars welcome this is sharita star it's the sharita star and power hour thank you for being here and good day good morning evening or good afternoon wherever you are listening from in the world on mind body spirit fm it's time to get empowered for the first time in 2023 dear stars welcome to episode 14 And again, our first one of this seven universal new year, the journey of reflection to resolutions. I'm going to dive into why so many things get misunderstood this time of the year. (laughs) And it will connect a lot of what we uh, related to you in the last episode of 2022 that aired December 30th. And that was 2023's forecast, what you need to know about a seven universal year. And perhaps you've already, uh, and I know this is airing on the 13th of January, and we uh, still have a little bit of reflective time to go. We have ended our Mars retrograde journey that uh, ended yesterday as this airs. But is, of course, still heavily stationed. Uh, And Mars had been retrograde since the 30th of October. It's a long time. And it is, you know, one of the most important uh, inner planet retrogrades, aside from Mercury and Venus, that we pay attention to in accordance to our timing, in accordance to our, you know, initiating and, and what we want to plant for success. And what kind of an eyes, if you've listened to the last episode, and again, if you did, thank you so much. And uh, I did get some great feedback on that. Again, that understanding of this is the year of stillness and this silent listen. And we, we opened it, you know, again, under this Mars retrograde that took us through the first 12 days of the year. And equally, we are still within Mercury retrograde. That started a couple of days before we crossed the threshold of this seven universal year. And that will not turn around until the 18th of January. So we've got some things going on. We had our first full moon on the 6th. So we are also in a waning phase uh, for these couple of weeks through the 21st of January. So that's putting another layer (laughs) and uh, I don't think I need to touch upon current events to tell you that things are a little awry in the world and a little bit off base no matter what country you're looking at it from uh, a lot of things are heating up heated up people are rather aggressive to say the least as well as is the weather so there's a lot going on that pulled us in to 
again, this need for stillness and, you know, check out the last episode of 2022 that aired the 30th of December. And uh, you can dive into all that. And equally, there was prior to that in earlier December, the Mastering Mercury Retrograde Complementary Podcast uh, that gave you a little bit of a workshop and all the energetic twists and turns of what is currently going on in our now. So check out those back two, especially, and, um, you know, see what grabs you. But this was not, uh, as I had told people several times over, as we were looking to how we were going to be entering this new universal year, this was not going to be that quote, you know, that expression, hit the ground running and rah, 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 and our resolutions and all of these things, because the point being is we're supposed to be intensely reflecting. And the job of the reflection is not over with, or at least the request to do it is not even over with yet. So it's challenging to put forth a resolution when you're still under the request to be in the reflective process. And until the reflective process is complete, you're not going to be able to establish a resolution. You can keep reflecting. But if you implement resolutions when you're supposed to be reflecting, you're not going to get the same end result from it. So I want to I'm going to touch upon some um, lexigrams as we spell out the truth concerning all of these types of, of different things and how we can, we can work with the reflective process and, and get, you know, get deep into this, you know, beauty of, you know, working with, um, you know, truly working with honoring this reflection. And again, in the previous episodes, you will learn you, you have at least right now two areas of your life that you're meant to be reflecting in. Mars just, of course, just sort of completing it, but the shadow and the station of this Mars retrograde is, is so long and, and it still is going to be offsetting things for a pass. So until we really get off the station point, which will be by the 24th of January, uh, we, the Mars is actually going to, under the shadow period, which won't conclude until the 16th of March of this year, uh, Mars has spent seven-something months in Gemini. That's a long time. So your Gemini area of life is one area of focus, and the shorter-term one is coming in from Capricorn, which is where the Mercury is stationed. And of course you are waning from the full moon in Cancer that happened on January 6th this year. So you had another reflection hit point in in your chart from that as well. So, you know, when when you got three little things, you got three big things of reflection calling at you, it's 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 a lot. And, you know, again as we entered this seven universal year, uh, you know, this year overall is about finding our stillness so that we can navigate what's going on in the collective much easier. And I've got all kinds of things today because, of course, I 
have just sort of gotten into this myself. I mean, I had so much work that I actually had to keep doing. And, and you know, naturally, we, we were all navigating the holiday season in the midst of all of this reflection going on. So it was a little extra challenging uh, to get things done. On I, I normally have my my new year and, and all of these things. I have all that stuff like done in November and it's ready to go. And, and then, you know, I, but this year just did not, the, the way these retrogrades came in, it was, you know, I don't want to say it was a hot mess, but it was, it thwarted the energy off quite a bit. So I didn't get my things done and, and, uh, I, as on time as I wanted to, and I'll explain about my own personal reflection. And of course, where it affected my own life, which was no question as to why I was kind of held up in my own little conundrums and delays and just different things. And, you know, we just had to have patience and we had to have that extra conscious awareness of, okay, you know what? I'm not forcing. There's nothing to force here. So it'll be what it'll be. So what you'll have a direct link to uh, for this episode is a new blog post that I, I put together, um, which I honestly, in, in, in all my years of doing, I've done so many, if you have, you know, explored the website, my website, shariastar.com to any level, you, you see that there's these things called word ponders. And it is what I do with the lexigrams, which is the third divination tool alongside astrology and numerology that I do. And, and this is the spell out the truth um, way that we are able to tap into some fun stuff uh, concerning language, words, names, titles, etc. And we did an episode on that, you know, earlier last year. And, you know, you can find it. It also relates to the law of attraction and, and there's all kinds of all kinds of goodies um, but these lexigrams are just so much fun. So what I had always thought uh, along the lines, I thought I had done a blog piece years ago because I was consistently writing these a very long time ago. And then I, and then I kind of like eased off for a bit and, you know, went on to other projects, other things, but I had thought I had written one on the word reflection. And then I'm like going back and like looking for it, thinking it's there. And I'm like, Sharita, you never wrote a blog about reflection. You never did the lexagrams on reflection. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, this is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, th what I do with these, what's really in a word, word ponders, as I've coined them, is I'll take the word and, and we get into the name expression. So you're going to read all about this. And uh, so the name expression is how we utilize, it's another way we utilize numerology. So numerology not only explores the, you know, complete layers and, and, and depths of the facets of, you know, how our soul works via our birthday, but numerology includes the understanding of how we can calculate the vibration of our name which includes, you know, especially for a woman that you may change your name in your lifetime, obviously, because you choose to get married or, you know, take on your husband's, uh, you know, surname or that any, you know, people just change their name in their lifetime. Uh, they, they do it all the time. Or if you're doing something for branding, uh, et cetera, so on and so forth. So 
every letter in the alphabet has a numerical expression, a numerical value attached to it. And in how I was taught the work from Linda Goodman, you cannot use the other, you can't use the Western way of doing it. She says it's like saying, you know, a Leo is introverted and a Pisces is, um, you know, not intuitive when you calculate the Western way, and that's the alphabet. And I explained this in, in that previous uh, Law of Attraction and Lexigrams episode, but it's it's the difference of the alphabets and that the Chaldeans said everything is related to vibration and sound when we're speaking, you know, any word, name, whatever it is. So when we're looking at the alphabet, when you understand sound... There are only eight natural notes on a on a musical scale. There's only eight eight natural ones. Names, names, titles, words can add up to a nine value, but the letter in the alphabet cannot hold the nine. So that's the difference in the alphabets. So when you do the Chaldean system of name of calculating name expressions, you're going to get a very different end result which is far more intuitive. It's far more accurate to the actual storyline of what you see in, in the tale of the life. So it's something to consider. Um, that was Linda's rule. And I, as she says, don't take my word for any of this, go out and see how it works. And, and so I tested both sit theories over my years of, you know, getting involved in this work and she was right. There's some relevance to the to the doing the alphabet A to Z one to twenty six and looping nine a couple of times. I mean, you get you get something, but it is like not accurately depicting the energy. You're just not accurately depicting the energy. So the Chaldeans, that's the system I use. It's more rare. Uh, less people utilize that in in numerology. So when doing these type of calculations, so. But nevertheless, reflection we're going to talk about today, and its name expression equates to a 43. Now, this is very interesting because the 43 is not exactly a happy number. And if you remember, for those who have been following me for a while, when the infamous coronavirus came out, right, it adds up to a 43 as well. Now here's the definition of what the 43 means. The ancients claim that this is an unfortunate number, and if the name equals a 43, the spelling should be changed to equal a more fortunate compound number. It is symbolized by the tendency towards revolution, upheaval, strife, conflict, and war. It carries the vibration of repeated disappointment and failure. Now, that is the energy of reflection. And it is also the energy of coronavirus when you just do the name expression. Kind of interesting what has resulted since all of this has unfolded, right? But nevertheless, in the lexigrams and and i think this is why people don't do and don't 
there, you know, we're not encouraged in society to reflect very much. And one of the things that I, I am probably, you know, if you could give me 20 more titles in, in this work, um, besides, you know, the one I'm kind of currently using as a forecasting practitioner, you know, you could call me a reflection practitioner because I, I mean, if you look back at anything I've talked about and I, you know, I do look back at what I do and have posted and, and, and encouraged people to do, I'm constantly engaging people to understand the value of reflection in their life because without it, you cannot keep functioning and and what's interesting in in understanding the name expression of 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 reflection is that yes it 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 brings forward upheaval strife and conflict and revolution in your life when you do it because you can't stay the same if you don't reflect you're going to and you can't take out the trash sort of in your life is what we could say um you are going to have this repeated disappointment and failure. So reflection, when we do a little spell out the truth, is also quite interesting, I found. So this is, again, lexigrams take the anagrams that you can derive from any word, name, or title. You take those anagrams. That means you're only going to spell other words using the same letters from the original. And you're going to take those anagrams and spell out and phrase them like poetry or prose. And you're going to spell out the truth. So here's what we get as we spiral, as the process is called, from reflection. Once I free it, I feel it in one. Once I let it enter into core, into center, I feel it in a free feel. I free it often to elect a finer core center feel. Once I let it feel free, I enter a finer lion front to center life in light. Once in one free tone, I feel life not in line of lie, line of con. To enter life in one free feel, I center it in one core to feel it right in light. Once I free it, I feel it one lift in no force, no fret. Once I feel it, let it into center, I free it for life. Hmm. Reflection. The power of reflection. But people fear it. And that's interesting about the name expression of 43, it, it has, is that people fear doing the reflection, which is why the energy gets a little bit mucked up. A little bit mucked up, eh? <laughs> so as we're, you know, again, we've crossed this threshold into this 2023 year under, at this point, as I'm recording this for you, you you've been under th triple layers of reflection. You were under very two strong ones. And then as soon as we got to day six of the year, we entered a third one. We layered in one more layer of reflection requests. So this is not a year where I don't want to say don't make those resolutions or if you did, you, I, I, you know, explore it for yourself how long they stick. And the, the, the energy will say to you, 
what you implement under retrogrades has to be corrected later, more than likely, which is why you're only most successful in going back to what already exists and taking a good look at that and re-examining it and retreating and resting and not planning for the future, not doing, 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 you know, stepping out of that busy, the busy bubble, you know, getting out of that and, and, and doing that in your life. But of course, you know, all of this energy was going on this, these requests for reflection were all going on as we, you know, celebrated the new year. And so everybody wants to naturally typically make all these reflect, they want to make all these resolutions. But when you're still being asked to reflect, you can't, you can't get to that resolution yet because you're not done again with the process of the reflection. So there's an interesting quote I've always put, and we're going to dive into a little resolution understanding and what this word means and what it spells out in truth. But it's a quote by Cavett Robert, who says, character is the ability to carry out a good resolution long after the excitement of the moment has passed. So once again, in, in this energy of, of resolutions, making these resolutions, which is a, it's always, yes, a typical New Year's tradition. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, turn over a new leaf. I'm never going to be like this again. <laughs> and we're all in this universal collective new energy, but I have always said this as well. If your forecast doesn't support you making the resolution, it's never going to stick that long. And not to say that your character is not good, but it just won't have the sticking power. And it's a forecast uh, for America right now. What you've been watching going on with the holdup with our Congress, you will notice something very, very different happening with that probably in February under the shadow of Mars retrograde. Just a forecasting uh, outlook. It is not an absolute, but something is going to get re-understood about everything that got held up in retrograde mayhem, which was overlapping like incredulously when all of that was trying to get sorted out. Just watch. February may turn everything in a very different direction because the energy is going to be moving forward and it's going to be very different than how it was instilled under by January 7th. So just, well, we'll see what happens, but that's just a little something there on um, doing things under retrogrades, <laughs> especially as the Mars retrograde is stationed on the country's natal Uranus. It's no surprise all that chaos is going on because there's so much I could I could share, but we'll we'll get into future episodes about that. And uh, if you have gone back and listened to the American Pluto Return um, podcast from earlier last year, uh, you'll you'll have all the explanation you need in there too. And I also put a lot of things in the 2022 finale forecast um, concerning America. And as well, all on my soul certainty community, you have consistent American 
forecasting and and just what the country's doing and so on. So you, I do that with almost every post that comes out concerning new moons, full moons, what the universal month is. I'm always talking about, well, how does this affect America? So all that stuff I'm always consistently doing on that uh, Soul Certainty community, which is my um, lovely group that is growing on Patreon. So you can check that out as well. If you go to the link that will be provided for the reflection, what's really in a word uh, that will connect with this episode, uh, you'll see that on any side of uh, the the site page where where that will be available to you. So back to resolutions. Well, now what's the energy and the name expression of a resolution, which I find this to be so interesting. So resolutions equates equates to a 46, which then we get down to a, to a 10. Four and six reduced to 10. It's a one root, of course. But, and getting back to the, by the way, just to tie that in, because I kind of forgot, but that'll be on your blog piece, is the root of the 43 for reflection is none other than a seven. The number of. Let's be in stillness and take a silent listen. So, oddly enough, isn't that, you know, nothing's a coincidence in this vibrational world we live in. So, resolutions equates to the 43, which 4 and 6, 40, excuse me, 46, 46, which 4 and 6 is 10. Again, the root of 1 guided by the sun. Your 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 resolutions are about new beginnings, absolutely. The one is the number of, of initiation. But they come with very interesting connection to the Chaldean karmic mystery of the Wheel of Fortune, which is the tens understanding. And here we have a, a, a little splice of, of what this is uh, and what it means. The Wheel of Fortune. Ten is symbolized by Isis and Osiris, a number of rise and fall, according to personal desire. Every event is self-determined. Ten is the symbol of love and light, which creates all that can be imagined, and also contains the code, imagine, ordain. And that's taking the I of the imagine and the O of the ordain, and you take the I and the O, and it gives you that symbology of the ten. Imagine it, and it shall be. Ordain it, and it will materialize. The power for manifesting creative concepts into reality is inherent, but must be used with wisdom, since the power for absolute creation contains the polarity power for absolute destruction. Self-discipline and infinite compassion must accompany the gift of the former to avoid the tragedy of the latter. Discipline must proceed dominion. The Wheel of Fortune, Linda Goodman's Star Cards. So, again, how, how many times have you, you know, you get all this excitement about your resolutions and then they're never really even, you gave up on them past February. That, what you imagined and ordained has to be, in your, you know, total visualization power and committed to 
and executed with discipline, which is what most people in today's world, they become distracted by the next shiny object and then they don't stick. And especially under reflective energies that we cross this threshold of the, this new universal year within, we notice that, you know what? We're not meant to be making the resolutions right this second. We got to make the resolutions after we're done with the job of reflection. So let's spell out the truth a little bit from resolutions. I just love the lexigrams from resolutions because it's got my favorite word in it. And one of my favorite, I have so many favorite words, but there's a lot of juice in this one. Really good consciousness juice in, in resolutions. So let's, let's spell out the truth here. I listen to one silent soul. I unite it in one soul solution. I is resolute to rise to it, so I reroute routines. Sunset, sunrise to sunset, I unite it in one soul. I let out loser illusion stories, lies to untie. I lose lies to untie it, to loosen it, to tune in to true. I soon note true outlines in our soul stories. I orient it in sure, serious results in one silent listen in true soul line stories. I listen to our soul's true tune, true notes, true tones. I let in our soul's true stories. I listen in silent ties sent in ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I listen in to one silent soul. I sit. I let it in. I sit in it. I enlist it. In one soul unite. It is sure in true results. I soon rest in. Lexagrams. Let's spell out the truth from resolutions. And that's how we truly can arrive at them. I mean, it's a soul process, what we do with our resolutions, right? It's a soul process. It's a uniting in our one soul process. So what I want to continue with is what I did on my reflection journey. And, a lot, and I'm still doing as I'm not done yet. <laughs> But I had so many people asking me, well, what are you reflecting on and what, what are you doing? So uh, we're going to dive into that. And I have a few passages I'm going to share with you of things that, uh, you know, it was my joy along my journey of returning to my old standards and a couple of new ones and um, sharing those with you and so that we can truly, truly understand the power of reflection and the power of the journey that it always, always is. And it never ends in our entire life if we allow it to do so. So one of my favorite ways to reflect is to reread books that I already have read, I already adore like like you know like playing your favorite song over and over again or, or watching you know a great movie that it, it can never tire in your life because it is just that good 
And so books for me um, have this, you know, this complete um, ability for me. <laughs> and so if, I, if there's a little rustling on the mic, my apologies, because um, I have to pick up books now. <laughs> So I've got a few from all of the ones that I return to. And, and I kind of always have these books around that I tend to because, the you know, when these reflective passages call, um, it is always the perfect opportunity to pick them back up and, and find something new every time. And one of the most cherished books I've had, I got, I got this book in my Oh my God, I think I was like 21 when I bought this book. I think I bought it, I might have been in a, a, a bookstore in Woodstock. I, I can't remember where I was at the time, to be perfectly honest. But it's the, it's the book called The Music of Life by Hazrat Inyat Khan. And it, this book has always just, it's, it, it never stops nourishing me, and, and I love rereading it all the time. It, it's just got such beautiful reminders. So I'm going to just share with you uh, just one thing that relates to all of the things I'll share today relates to some tools for us to understand how we can work better with this 2023's, you know, pure request of, you know, being fully conscious in the year of stillness in the silent listen. So, from The Music of Life, written in 1983, this book. What was there before creation? Was there stillness or was there motion? As far as science can reach it, finds that there is motion behind all. This is true. For what we call stillness is in reality an imperceptible motion. That is why mountains can exist and trees can live and people can act and animals can move by the power of movement, vibration. Their health, their joy, their sorrow, and their destruction are all caused by a quicker or a slower speed or a particular activity of these vibrations. Disease and health both depend upon the law of vibrations. A diamond is bright because it is vibrating. It is the vibration of the diamond that makes it brilliant. And so is the brilliant person whose intelligence is vibrating. According to the rhythm of its vibration, it is capable of understanding. One will always see that it is the brilliant person who understands more quickly, more deeply, and better and it is the one who is not brilliant who takes time to understand. In conclusion, we arrive at the understanding that the whole phenomenon is a phenomenon of capacity, and according to that capacity, all that it contains is formed. As each thing or being vibrates, it acts in accordance with the capacity, and the results in accordance with this capacity too. We ourselves are also akashas, and in our akasha, we get the resonance of our rhythm. This resonance is like the feelings we have when we are tired, depressed, joyous, or strengthened. It is our akasha that feels all these different conditions that which we feel 
and what causes this is our rhythm. The music of life. Hazrat Inyat Khan, 1983. Really, really delicious book. Um, and I'm going to take a sip of water if you don't mind. My apologies. I normally can get through this hour without having to do that, but... Mercury's like, I don't think so. I'm still retrograding and I'm going to interrupt your routine. <laughs> so our rhythm is, is so important. And, and this understanding of knowing stillness is still a motion in our life, but it is the motion in our collective now that is absolutely required so that when we're out in this world in 2023, we're going to have just a so much more profound experience. And that was something, you know, I deeply related in uh, the last episode, which was the last of 2022 on the 30th of December, is, you know, that understanding of solitude and, and how to practice solitude in your now. And it doesn't mean you have to go become a hermit. It just means you're looking at the world through solitude and the eyes and the lens of solitude and the difference of how you're going to absorb what's going on and observe more. Actually, I don't want you to absorb it because that means you're, you can get all kinds of funky energy on you. You don't want that, you don't want funky energy on you now, you know, but you want to observe and you want to filter what you see and not get all caught up in that. Right. So check out that episode if you're joining us for the first time. And again, if you are joining us for the first time today, thank you for doing so. And thank you all for returning every week, every other week, and uh, donating your time to the silent listen. All right, onward. Onward to the book that changed everything for me in my life was Linda Goodman's Star Signs that uh, back at the beginning of my career, it triggered everything to turn on like a faucet. And I've sort of explained that in other episodes, so I won't get get back into that too much. But um, this was profound from, uh, I always reread uh, Star Signs under retrogrades because it's fun. And being that this one, uh, the Mars retrograde in particular, was in uh, directly in my career the entire time. So I am in the process of revamping and, and reorganizing, redoing a whole bunch of things in my career and stepping away from doing things the way I used to do them. And um, I'm really enjoying what I'm discovering about how I want to take the work forward. And so rereading the book that started it all for me is always, always where you got to go um, under a reflective path such as Mars Retrograde. So this is a passage that is talking about, about the truth, something else I always love to talk about. And, but this is what I always believe about the truth as well. So from Linda Goodman, Linda Goodman, Star Signs, 1987. However, I do not ask. I know, got to start, start, what, hold on. Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Mercury is still retrograde and becoming stationed at the moment. Actually, Mars is still retrograde as I'm recording this, so I'll just trip my own self up. <laughs> All right. 
Once again, Linda Goodman, Star Signs, 1987. I've shared my personal discoveries of truth with you because I believe that any kind of search implies an obligation to exchange with others what has been found. In the interest of hastening the sunrise of harmony on earth, the ultimate peace. However, I do not ask, nor do I even expect, any of you to regard my concepts as your truth, unless they should happen to agree with your own personal enlightenment and private convictions. Partial truth, the seeds of wisdom, can be found in many places. In primal instinct may partial truth be found. In earthly law, social custom, scientific research, philosophy, and religious doctrine. The seeds of wisdom are contained in all scriptures ever written, especially in art, music, and poetry, and above all, in nature. But real truth can be found in one place only, in every man and every woman's communion with an, inter- with an internal source of hidden knowledge within, which each individual must seek and find for himself or herself. We may point out the path to others, but each must walk along that path alone until every single lost one has made the whole journey. And all of us have finally reached the light of full-born wisdom at the end of the way, where we began a long-forgotten time ago. Linda Goodman. Linda Goodman, Star Signs, 1987. So that was one of the biggest things she ever said. Do not take my word for any of this stuff. Just apply it. And and indeed, I did um, well over two decades now ago. And uh, everything just got, again, turned on like a faucet in my life. And, and here we are. But I always tell people, do not take what I say as well as truth. You have to take, even if I'm explaining a forecast to you, go out and apply this to your life. Don't take my word for this. This is why I'm so strong to say, I don't predict anything. Because that's taking, it's taking your power away and it is taking your truth away. You have to figure all that out for yourself. That's why everything is a forecast. It is subject to change. The energy can change. The timelines can change. All of these things can change. So that is uh, just, you know, always something I, you know, again, I can never highly express that enough to people. (laughs) All right. Onward to my next wanted to relate to you passage. This is another great book by Elaine St. James written in 1996. It's called Living the Simple Life. And it's a lovely book um, with all kinds of, it's kind of set up like, you know, you can, you know, just kind of pick, pick it open. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you should read it cover to cover, but you can just kind of pick a page and dive into a concept. So in knowing that there's just so many families out there struggling in various ways. And there's too much of this busy bubble going on and, and, and too many play dates and too many overtaxed schedules. And, and I mean, I see kids today, they have, they have a worse schedule than an adult and they're stressed out. 
I, I, I just, um, I go, wow, that that's a lot going on. And, and it's a pressure today. It was always a pressure, I think, for any of us to grow up in our teenage years and, and, and evolve into the, the, the adult, the young adult we were becoming. But I, I think today the youth have a greater challenge at, at their, at their, you know, at their feet, at their hands to work with. I cannot imagine being a child today. I, I just truly can't. And again, had I sold contracted to that, I would be imagining it. But <laughs> where I am in this human suit, I go, wow, I'm glad I got that over with already. <laughs> but I found this passage as I was rereading living, living the Simple Life. And I thought this would be so helpful for anybody out there who's a parent. And I know I do have a lot of my listeners who are parents and knowing that we are trying to, you know, get more still in this year, become more simplified, you know, we are trying to uncomplicate things. I know a lot of the people who do listen, you know, you are doing the work and you always do great work. And I, I just thought that this was this was a great thing to throw in and include in today's um, understanding of the reflection to resolution journey. So this is from, again... Living the Simple Life, Elaine St. James, written in 1996. Involve your children in the process of simplifying. If you've got kids, your simplification program will obviously be easier to put into place if you include them in the process and enlist their help in making your lives simpler. I hear wonderful stories from families who've worked together to simplify their lives. I also hear from teenagers who long for simplicity in their world. They've seen how all the complications, commitments, and stress have kept their parents from being happy, and they're determined not to let their lives be that hectic now or get that overwhelming as they grow older. It may be helpful to schedule a family powwow with the stated intention of setting up a program to simplify all your lives. You could start with a discussion designed to help everyone figure out what their own priorities are, as well as what the family priorities are. Then take a closer look at your schedules to see what kinds of changes you can make to free up time together as a family. Assign each child chores in the preparation and cleanup of daily meals and with the laundry, housekeeping, and yard maintenance. This will give the kids a feeling of responsibility for the family, well-being, and relieve some of the time pressures of the primary caregiver, caretaker. Not every family member is going to respond favorably to a plan to simplify. The ages of children and the dynamics within the family will determine, to some extent, how receptive your kids may be to the idea of making some changes and simplifying. But don't automatically assume that your children will not be interested. With the pressures on kids today, they may be as ready to simplify as you are. Living the Simple Life, Elaine St. James, 1996. Another one I thought was, again, poignant for my families out there. And, um, you know, I know everybody wants to consciously start working and, and, and we all need some, some tools. We all need some tools and some tips. All right, moving on 
to my next reflective passage is from The Heavens Declare, An Astrological Ages of the Evolution of Consciousness by Alice O. Howell. Written in, well, it was written back in the 80s, but she revised it in 2006. So this is from the second edition. And she was a lovely, lovely astrologer. I actually had the privilege of meeting before she passed away into spirit. And uh, she's over actually not too far from where I live in uh, upstate New York. She she lived over in Monterey, Massachusetts. And... um, Lovely lady. She was just such a lovely, I, to, to have met her um, was, was fantastic. So from the heavens declare, our charts in no, oh no, wait, I'm going to start again. I'm doing one more thing. <laughs> Symbols point to truths. They do not define them. Our charts in no way limit us or force us. Since through greater self-consciousness, we can alter the way we process experience. In doing so, as Jung pointed out, the outer events change automatically as our view of them changes. In superable problems with no possible solution, suddenly are either solved or outgrown. They fade away as we transcend them to focus on something new. The very obstacles in our path suddenly rearrange themselves into a style on which we climb over the unclimbable wall. So there is no way we can blame the outer circumstances or individuals with the words, if only, nor is there any way that we can blame our stars for our faded difficulties. Our free will always operates with the limitations of the given We have the free choice to become conscious or to remain unconscious. When we elect to go on the path, we side with making the effort to understand. Then life begins to change and to acquire the numinosity promised us of old by the many messengers of spirit. God's grace is like an ever-blowing breeze, as Prabhavananda wrote, All we need to do is lift our sails to catch it. So meditate on circular matters and circular things. The eye, the centripetaled flowers, the gold coin, the glyph for the sun. Think of the instant centricity of any light shining through fog or snowflakes, the concentric circles made by rain in puddles or pebbles in ponds. How and when do circles open into spirals? How do circles relate to spheres? How do circles relate to ellipses? What is the sound of a circle? It is aum. When that sound is made, particles on a plate responding to the vibration group themselves into a circle and then begin to lift as to make a sphere. Could it be when this symbol, when this syllable is sounded, our invisible auras are temporarily ordered? Have fun with bubbles and balloons. The bigger the balloon, the greater the surface exposed to the outer world. What in the psyche functions like the membrane of a balloon, touching inner and outer worlds 
simultaneously. The Heavens Declare, 2006, Alice O. Howell. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful astrologer. And just a little bit more about consciousness and our free will. And those are my old go-to books, of books I've had for quite some time. But I have a new one. <laughs> because this one only came out in 2021. And this is going to be a, uh, a book we're also going to learn more about in the, the next episode. Uh, because we're going to be having... <laughs> We're going to be having this very special guest on the show, I'm very happy to say. And this is from Feng Shui for the Soul by Amanda Gates, written in 2021. Meditation is simply a tool for quieting the mind. Some will argue that they cannot meditate. I disagree. Honesty with yourself about where you are and learning how to overcome your addiction to busy is what will help you to be okay with stillness and get over the excuses. It's not that you can't meditate. It's that you don't know how to be still. Meditation is a tool that gets you out of the doing and gets you to a place of deep listening and being. It is a tool that intensifies insights, peels away the layers that aren't real, and brings you to a place of tranquility. A consistent meditation practice can be quite eye-opening. It shows you the egoic dust you've built up and how that defines your external, universal reality. Without a spiritual practice, the ego will keep you busy in an endless story of nonsense full of desire, expectation, fear, and judgment. Through regular practice, you can dissolve the ego's power. I encourage you to do it even when you don't feel like it. You will constantly be berated with others' desires. I wonder what's happening on social media. I should post about last night's dinner. But that is the faithful servant stepping in to tantalize you with empty calories. Practicing regularly helps you see how your ego imposes limitation lack, and fear, and falsely colors your true existence. Practice with joy and appreciation. Do not enter into it as one more thing you have to do. The idea is, is that it leaves you so full, you are constantly hungry for more. As you do it, your awareness is going to wander, and you'll be attacked by stray thoughts. Just allow them to be. Don't try to change it, just notice them. The easiest thing to do is simply focus on your breath. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. You can use the mantra, so hum, which means I am that. So you breathe in, so as you breathe, as you breathe in, so as you breathe out, hum. Feng Shui for the Soul, 2021, by Amanda Gates. How to achieve more ohm from your home. We'll be talking about that just before the end of the show. 
So that is some things to contemplate as we are working with understanding reflection and journeying to that resolutionary place that we all want to be in, right? We all want to be in. And that's what I've been doing for 22 years is, um, you know, allowing people who are willing to never compromise living consciously. I, I've explored a lot of things uh, so far. Uh, and again, I, I still have a lot more to do uh, in the reflecting time left. So I'm not, I'm not, I, I've, by any means, I'm not done. <laughs> But uh, I, it was funny, I, I, and, and let me know in uh, any comment, or of course you can use the open mic app if you're listening on the phone. Um, I used to do, I used to have a radio show I did for, I did that show from 2009. I started on WBCRP over in Great Barrington. I did a, a radio show called What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. And I had various guests, you know, different astrologers, energy people. And I used to also profile people. So basically I would interview them and we'd talk about their life, but I would tie all the thing into their birthday and their name and we would do all this fun stuff. So if that's of interest to anyone with celebrities and you would like for me to like spend an hour exploring people give me shoot me some ideas if that is something you're that's of interest to you like having these celebrity profiles um you know explaining the life of i some people that i actually thought of were like patrick swayze anthony bourdain uh you know pe people that and people primarily who are already crossed over because there is that <laughs> it's it's you know they've they've completed this little contract in this human suit and um it would be more apropos <laughs> to be doing that so let me know if that's something that resonates with you if you'd like more of that um you know we'll we'll get those out there in the new year uh, in this new year and um but we're definitely going to be having uh very special guests coming up this year uh so that you don't have to just hear me talk for an hour and um, all that good stuff. And for those of you who enjoy reflecting and understand how I work with Moon Void, of course, uh, that is explained as well on a past episode last year of the Lunar Cycles and Law of Attraction. But there is a, uh, the full Moon Void, of course, calendar is available on Soul Certainty Community on the Patreon. You can find that on any page of my website. Uh, you can access that, download uh, and download that by becoming a member. And um, if that, again, if that resonates with you, please join us over at Soul Certainty Community. And um, keep reflecting because what happens with those moon voids, void, of course, is that's what they're for periodically. They're always asking us, like a retrograde, to reflect. So once again, I thank you so much for being here and taking a silent listen to the Sharvita Star and Power Hour. 
Be sure to explore the go-to link for this episode that dives even deeper into the joys of reflection and the energy it allows for us to feel free within. So we'll be back again on January 27th with a very special guest, Amanda Gates, author of Feng Shui for the Soul, to engage us in a consciousness conversation concerning the energy of our home as we dive into understanding our chi and what Om for our home is truly all about. With the deepest love to evolve, I wish you all the brightest of blessings in our seven universal new year to remain in heart for your human experiences here upon Earth during 2023. Until next time, this is Sharita Starr from Mind Body Spirit FM. Never compromise, living consciously. Namaste. Dear stars. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.